Blog Talk Radio. December 13th, 2022. This is the Stop Child Abuse Now talk radio show sponsored by NASCA, which stands for the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. My name is Penelope Bennis, and I am in Sarasota, Florida. I am also an adult survivor of child abuse. Tonight, um, we are on scan number, scan which stands for Stop Child Abuse Now, number 3072. That's a lot of shows that we've done. They are all archived on our website. These are sponsored by NASCA, which stands for the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse at www.nasca.org. NASCA does very, very important work. As you know, we're all about child abuse, trauma, prevention, intervention, and recovery. Issues related to childhood sexual and abuse and trauma, uh, including uh, sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas and neglect. We do so with only two goals. The first goal, educating the public, especially as related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, showing facts, showing child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. The second goal, offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving intervention, prevention, and recovery. So we do these shows five nights a week, and on Tuesday and Thursday night, and tonight is Tuesday, we have an open mic night with a survivor professional. So someone in a, uh, with a professional designation in the helping profession who is also an adult survivor of child abuse. We have an open mic forum, and you have an opportunity to come on the show and ask a question or pose a comment. We bring up topics that are related to um, child abuse, trauma intervention, prevention, and recovery. So to call in, the number is area code 646-595-2118. Again, that's area code 646-595-2118. And I see I have a co-host. Her name is Annie Marges. Tonight, and Annie is also a NASCA family member um, and an adult survivor of child abuse, and she will greet you on our back line and welcome you into the show. So, again, to participate, 
be a member of the panel, all you have to do is call the following number, area code 646-595-2118. So we should be having a Felicia Johnson on tonight. She's not on yet, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about Felicia. I've done the show with her before, and she is absolutely phenomenal. I love her. She's a fellow uh, uh, sister, my sister at NASCA. She is from Miami, Florida. And she has an incredible story of transformation. She was physically and sexually abused, taken from her family, and placed in the foster care system where she would stay for 10 years. Full hardship. Felicia refused to let her past dictate her future, so she pushed through her pain to embark on her healing journey and began to see triumph in her trauma. I am a survivor, she says. At seven years old, I was sexually molested by an uncle, physically abused by my stepfather, and labeled as a troubled child by my mother. Felicia became quite the advocate and advocate, an activist. Advocate and activist. I created the Heal Your Story Foundation to help trauma survivors and to engage at-risk youth to transition from their hurtful experiences to living and building a better life. So as I mentioned, on these episodes, we welcome various co-hosts, survival professionals who will assist in fielding questions and lead a variety of topics suggested by our call participants. The trauma-informed perspectives as survival professionals helps them to guide discussions on the issues of child abuse, sexuality that spring from questions and topics brought to us by our listeners. So everybody is invited to engage on tonight's show. One more time, that number is area code 646. Five nine five two one one eight. So, Annie, I'm going to unmute your line and thank you for being on with me tonight. And we are still awaiting Felicia. So, um, Annie, are you there? I am. Good evening. Okay. Great. Good evening. So, let me see here. Um, let's see. I'm going to say, um, can someone try and talk down? I did text Felicia just now to her phone number. I haven't heard back yet. Okay. That's unfortunate. Okay. Well, um, so in the meantime, you know, while we're waiting for Felicia, and hopefully um, she's able to still come on tonight, were there any topics, Annie, that you had top of mind that you may want to wish to discuss tonight? Oh, gee, I I hadn't thought about that. Maybe the holidays, that's always weighing on my mind. Yeah, that's true. The holidays are, I call that, (laughs) it's always a mixed bag for me, absolutely. And I think it'll, you know, it can be a hard time for so many people, um, whether we're adult survivors of child abuse or not. Um, But I agree. The holidays, um, I find, um, I call them my trigger zones. You know, my trigger, there are a lot of uh, landmines, trigger landmines, if you will, around the holidays. So I think that that's a, a great topic. But we're waiting for Felicia. And I know that Bill, um, our president um, and uh, founder of NASA, is trying to track down Felicia as well. So, you know, Annie, have you do you have any strategies to help you get through the holidays? Oh, yes. 
sauna. I go in the sauna. I have a, I have one at my house, so I'm lucky. And I sit there silently and I do yoga, just you know, chair yoga in there. And mm-hmm. um, that makes me mellow out and not think about anything. And I think the biggest the biggest difference from how I used to look at the terrifying holidays, is that I don't really feel judged anymore. I don't think anybody's going to judge me that I did Christmas a certain way or not, or I invited so-and-so or not. And if anyone does judge me, I don't care. So that's my strategy. Don't care. And don't go to your family if you don't want to. That's very liberating, isn't it? Yes. That's very liberating. Yeah. I think it is very, very liberating to know that it's okay to say, you know, I'm going to put in some protections for myself um, that are best for me, best for me, and I'm not going to feel guilty about it either, right? Right. Those are some great, those are some great strategies. I too find that um, I think self care goes a little long goes a long way, and I think just mm. making sure that, you know, the holidays they can be busy and there are a lot of expectations, um, a lot of uh, you know activity. Um, I have found that it's really important for me to engage in some kind of self care every day to make that investment, um, and that helps me to stay. Uh, Integrated and aware of my triggers. So I have a little bit of echo, but I see the bill. The bill is on, so I'm going to unmute his mic. Bill, thanks for for calling it. Yeah. Okay, for calling it. So while we're waiting, I tried to. Oh, go on. No, I just wanted to report that I tried to, to find her, too, uh, by phone, and I had to leave a voice message. There was no answer. Well, I appreciate you making the effort to do that. Um, of course. That's um, unfortunate that she was um, she's unable to call in. Maybe she'll call in a little bit. We always have a great show when she comes on. So Andy and I were talking about, you know, in the interim, Oh, how, you know, the holidays are coming up, which can be a difficult time um, as an adult survivor. And some of the strategies that we use to help navigate um, through the holidays. Right. Uh, It's uh, it's a very good idea for us to prepare uh, for the fact that we're going to be meeting Especially, we're going to be, well, you know, sometimes it's just being in public. We can't stand it. <laughs> I remember one time I I lost it because I was shopping. My mother took me shopping for school clothes. <laughs> During Christmas time, she was going to, I guess, put them in boxes and give them to me. But I was in the store with her, and I just lost it. I had a nervous breakdown. And so it was all the hustle and bustle and people all around me and all of that. But, you know, it's hard for us anyway. And it's on another level very hard if there are going to be, you know, people in, in our midst, and we're going to be in, in the midst of people, some of whom may, may have contributed to or been our predators. That's really bad. That's really hard. Um, 
And in any case, yeah. a lot of us just we're not comfortable with where we came from, even if they're not abusers of ours. You know, it's kind of a reminiscence of how we grew up, and we don't like that. That was the case with me. But, um, yeah, it's, it's not a bad idea to kind of think ahead and prepare yourself and even take some steps uh, that, uh, you know, will help you get through the holidays. You know, you brought a good point. I don't like crowds. I don't like being bumped and elbowed, and um, right. I don't like people invading my personal space. And I find myself getting very triggered just in a crowd, even trying to maneuver my way through a crowd, um, because I don't like to be touched at all, even if it's inadvertent. I don't like that. So I do have a very hard time with that. And I, you know, if I'm with a group of people um, or friends, sometimes I have a hard time just explaining that I'm having a hard time navigating a crowd, you know. I feel like I have to put my game face on. It's very exhausting. Well, I'll you tell you that you, you just, yeah, I'm sorry. I thought you were. No, that was, I am done. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> um, you bring up a point that I wanted to make the other day, and when, when I forgot to do so, but I'll do it now, and that is that one of the things you can do is you can tell somebody who's also there or going to be there um, how you've acted in the past and what kinds of things have tripped you up in the past and simply ask them to keep an eye on you, you know. And they'll be they'll be happy to, um, most of the time, people that, you know, if you choose the right person, people that will, that, that you ask that, will be happy to. And, you know, all you got to do is go over and say, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know, Aunt, Aunt Julie, you know. <laughs> they take you aside and they, you know, you're okay. Because you have a safe, you have a safe base. A person that kind of understands some dynamic of what's going on. That really helps. That's a great suggestion, and you know something I've never done. So I'm going to definitely take yeah. you up on that. Yeah. Yeah, just bring someone into been... your circle. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, the longer I'm in recovery, the more I realize how much, um, well, the more I, more comfortable I am with just being honest about the things that are my triggers that I have to avoid versus being ashamed of them. So, you know, I'm becoming more open and, I guess, unabashed to say, you know, this is something I cannot do. You know, so, for example, you know, I had a neighbor say, oh, let's go get a manicure and a pedicure, you know, before the holidays. I sort of nodded my head like, oh, okay. Then I thought, no, I can't, I'm not going to fake this. I don't get manicures and pedicures because I don't want anybody touching me. So I just have to say that, you know. I'm no longer ashamed to say, so I used to get myself into little pickles where I was a little bit ashamed to admit it, so I'd go get that manicure and pedicure. I'd hate it. I'd get triggered throughout the whole thing. Um, and I put on, again, my brave game face, um, and I'm getting better about saying and more comfortable about saying, it's just something I don't do, you know, and here's why. And yeah, not feeling ashamed about it. Um, but I like your suggestion of just having somebody kind of on your own team, a safe place if you're out, just to check in on you too. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to take Annie's space if she wants to say something. Please do, Annie. 
Um, well, just another idea about the holidays, and that is I'm creating something different that I never did before. And I'm hoping it'll be a new tradition. I'm having musicians come over to my house for Christmas afternoon, and they're all going to take turns playing. And it's just going to be so cool. So not not going to family, not doing anything traditional, doing something new. Who who is it you're having over? Musicians. Singers Musicians. and guitar players and and yeah, and good. piano players and drummers oh, yeah. and like yeah. Well, that's great. Are these friends yeah, of yours? New. Yes, these are people I know. Yeah. And I am going to do a comedic monologue. I decided I'm already writing it called Mrs. Oh. Claus spills the beans. <laughs> I hope it will be funny. Sounds That's like fantastic. It. Yeah, I think so too. That, that is great. It's amazing how I can actually be the person that I wish I could have been all my life, but I couldn't because of the damage of child abuse. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I love about the holidays, though, as an adult, having my own family and my children, is that I can do things completely differently, um, and I can set my own traditions on that day, and I can have a different outcome. And that's one of the things I really enjoy doing, because to be honest, Christmas Day was a day where there were a lot of very bad memories, a lot of bad memories from Christmas mm-hmm. Day. Um, a lot of abuse occurred on Christmas Day. And so I uh, I found it very empowering to just say, you know, now as an adult, I have these children, so I can sort of um, reparent my own self, and I can take control, and I can make this day something different. You know, and so that to me that was also very healing. That was part of my really my healing journey is to actually, you know, have a vision of what I wanted it to be like, and then actually execute on it, um, and create, and know that I had the power to create better memories and to create, you know, positive memories for my kids as well. You know, I have bad memories of of a lot of holidays, but um, to give them good memories, and it really helped me to heal in that respect. Well, I have a, a trick that I do because um, I really never felt a part of <laughs> the celebrations. I always felt separate from. And our our Christmases with my family were mostly with uh, my mother's sister's family. Um, she had three kids. They were all older than Jane and I. And, um, and then, you know, my parents and their parents. So... Um, but I don't know if it was the age difference between us. There was nobody that was like eight years, you know, closer than eight years older than, you know, and um, so I didn't feel very comfortable. I, I discovered the um, the trick of uh, taking around the hors d'oeuvres 
mentioned this before, but doing something uh, and keeping my hands busy and keeping moving, which is, which is set of, you know, with the, the cheese and cracker trays do, you know. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that really helped me feel like uh, I was making a contribution. Just the being of service, any, any kind of being of service uh, starts to fix the feeling that you're on the outside because at least you're contributing something. It doesn't have to be big, but you're, you know, you're, that's like your part that day. You know? um, and another thing I just mentioned before, before I forget it is, you know, being an alcoholic, I, um, at a certain point I stopped drinking at all, and I used to drink quite heavily and everybody was used to it. So um, in order to compensate for that and not wanting anybody to, you know, offer me a drink, I would get uh, a tall glass of uh, ginger ale with ice in it, and I would hold on to it. You know, it's like my safe place. Because I, I learned that if you have something in your hand, a drink in your hand, nobody's likely to offer you uh, a, a drink. You already have one. And that was a, that, that mm-hmm. really saved me a couple of times. So these are just some thoughts of mine. Good advice. I like that. That's really good advice. Really good advice. Well, we moved across the country too this year, so <laughs> nothing changes the scenery like a cross country move, right? Wow. Right. But um but I think you know, sometimes it doesn't take, you know, a big a big strategy or you know, a a big uh gesture to make a you know, to make your day um a different one. And even just having a like you mentioned, that ginger ale in your hand, Bill. Um a small, it's a, you know, it's not a huge mountain to move to, you know, grab a glass of ginger ale and hold it in your hand, but it certainly probably has a big impact on your day, right? And the fact that right. you're not going to have to explain why you're not drinking, right? Or keep saying right. no. Um, a lot of it's about taking the pressure off. Yeah. Yeah. It is. You know what else takes have... the pressure off? Sending Uh-oh. everyone the same present. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Everybody's getting the same book from me, so I know who I gave what. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Great idea. Oh, great idea. And Amazon's delivering them all, so I don't have to see anyone that I'm giving. Wow. I mean, family, family presents. I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Isn't I will great? see the people. Family of choice, right? I'll see them. Exactly. I have another thought, which which is about New Year's, which is coming up too. I might as well include that. Again, being an alcoholic and a drug addict, I I stopped liking. The, the big parties where I was likely to run into people that were offering me drugs or wanting me to get drunk and stuff. So I found a, um, found a way to compensate for that was to have a sober New Year's. And it became a, in Los Angeles, it became a an event that held a couple thousand people. Uh, and it was in the Santa Monica Auditorium, <laughs> downtown Santa Monica. And everybody wow. was sober. 
that was the idea. You had to be sober. Um, and, and then, it, you know, it, it was like, you know, poppers and, and uh, I don't know, all the stuff that you normally would have for New Year's except no alcohol. And um, there was food and all kinds of stuff. So that was a, that was a pretty good idea, I think, too. It went away after a few years, but for, for a while, especially during the time that I was most, uh, uh, you know, most... Uh, sensitive to it, um, you know they were they were popular. Maybe five, six, seven years, something like that. I think that that's a fabulous idea, and a safe mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a mother of yeah. three, you know, of three college age sons, I mean, I worry. I I want. I just told them, you know, if you're going to go into Tampa. Uh, you're going to get a hotel. You're not going to drive anywhere. It's to, not that they're going to drive drunk, but it's everybody else on the road. So I'll pay for a yeah. hotel. You just don't go anywhere. Um, I just, you know, makes me very, very nervous because so many people, for some reason, there's that milestone of the year, you know, moving a number for and everything that goes with it in terms of the symbolism of starting over. People just go crazy. You know, really go go nuts on the alcohol and the partying. Yeah. Don't forget, where are you in in terms of Tampa? Are you north, south, or east? Um, we are a little south of Tampa. We're in Sarasota. Oh, I know Sarasota. Okay. Good. Yeah, we're in Sarasota. Well, that's a nice town. That's a nice town. Yeah, we. Yeah. You know, we've been. Here. We like it. We like it a lot. Yeah. In fact, I just right. flew back to Seattle for the week um, last week, and um, boy, it was freezing and snowing. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so glad we're in Florida now. Yeah, so it's really nice. No complaints, that's for sure. Um, at had, all. We had cold. And it's been a little cold down in LA, hasn't it been? Vegas? It's been a little cool in L.A., hasn't it? Oh, yeah, and it rained for a couple of days in a yeah, row. Yeah, we got really rain. A lot of rain. And, um, Yay. And it was, it was, it was really, uh, it was, you know, nippy. Nip, it was cold. <laughs> you know. But, of course, no snow. It doesn't get below freezing, so you don't get snow. But you do get water. <laughs> you get rain. Well, did they need it? I heard we have a good snowpack oh, yeah. this year. That maybe we'll, we'll, our drought will go down because of our good snowpack this year. That's what I heard on the news. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But to answer your question, yes, it's uh, it, it is a drought season again. It's been it's been right sort of drought central for years now. <laughs> yeah. This part of, of California. Because we have to import all our water. You know, it comes from yep. it comes from the mountains, you know. Um and mm-hmm. it comes through huge aqueducts and tunnels and stuff. Uh and it gets to live, there's fights over it too because uh, to some degree, you know, uh other states want some of the water and they want the, and they're deserving of some of it. They want it's perceived they want too much in comparison to what LA's needed. 
you know, in the past. So anyway, um, between between uh, Arizona and Nevada and California, there's a there is a battle for the snow that comes down out of the what is that the Sierra Madres or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, our our reservoirs were astonishingly low. You know, you could see where the water had been for years, and now where it is now, it's it's way, 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 way lower. You know. <laughs> And yeah, I've seen that one. That yeah, and Annie, it seems like it's almost impossible to fill that up, but I guess they do. Yeah, it's huge. Huge. See, you no, know, actually, not to change the subject from from water because there are water is very important component of life. We're talking about yeah. how we live our lives. But one thing I, I do to actually sort of self-care is I limit, um, especially on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve day and Christmas Day, I do limit my social media exposure because I find sometimes that that is triggering for me. Um, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because, you know, I'm not with my family of origin taking, you know, the the generational family photo, um, but that that does trigger me when I see, you know, some of those photos of, of multiple generations, everybody, you know, gathering for the holidays and who has these you know, functional families. Um, and so I do limit limit some of that um, around those days. And that, to me, that's self-care. It's more of like trigger management. Sure. So... And that's another thing. All of these things are really about self-care. You have to be aware of the fact that you're walking into a situation that repeats over and over. You know, every year has holidays, but it's predictable that you are going to be walking back into a place where you've been before, and unless you have learned something the last time, you'll be just as indefensible as you were. So mm-hmm. this, is a, this is a learning experience, and then you have to carry that learning into you know, the next time you're, you're together or you have to go somewhere. One of them that I learned was, um, you know, getting uh, getting involved with some group that I don't know at all, um, like a church group or something, but not my church, some other, you know, some other thing. And, you know, just being a part of their, I don't know, spaghetti dinner or whatever it is that they're having, you know, <laughs> uh, for the holiday and, you know, participating in that way. Uh, and, and again, I like to go behind the counter, not in front of, but behind the counter, and um, be, you know, serving a scoop of whatever I'm assigned to each person as they come by. You know, that that satisfies me. I've participated in a an event, but it, between the, between not knowing anyone and the table between us, um, you know, it keeps me at arm's length at least. It works. Now, I don't think that you'll have to do that forever and ever, but if you're new and you're listening to this, think about these things because almost all of us have some kind of reaction to the kinds of uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's that we all have. And they're they're different for each one of us. Some of us, you know, don't do the, the Christian ones. We do the Jewish ones or whatever it is. There's still events that, that, are, that are, tend to be upsetting to survivors of child abuse. 
and uh, and triggering. So um, it, it's just it is predictable. It's how we it's how we react to social events where we've already been feeling on the outside. And now without my without my stuff in me, <laughs> I'm worse. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, these are all really, really great, you know, takeaways and tips for the holidays. And I also find, you know, where I love to have a sense of unity um, is church. So we, I attend a lot of church. Um, I, I find that very comforting. Um, and there's a sense of community. Um, it's a family, you know, an automatic kinship, if you will. Um, so I do, when I feel, when we feel the need, we do, we do a lot with our church. Um, so I've also found that that's been very helpful, helpful um, during the holidays and being in a new area. Um So any other any well, other tips or tricks for for triggers yeah. or for holiday navigation? Yeah, I have another one. Um, I'll, I'll bring this up because I didn't have a particularly good relationship with the church I was brought up with, um, and so, you know, I did not feel like going to the, the, the you know the, yeah. the parish, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't be comfortable there. I mean, I was I'd been molested in churches, so, but I still. Recognize that um, having doing something was better than sitting home doing nothing. That's pretty depressing. So you know what I found? That I found some organizations that are non-denominational, that that also do Christmas time uh, events. Now not not Christmas Day events necessarily, but around the ho- they do a, a holiday event around Christmas and New Year's and so forth. Among them was the uh, Boys and Girls Clubs, where there's lots of kids who, um, you know, they may not be getting what they really need at home, but that's what that's part of what the Boys and Girls Clubs do or those kinds of organizations do. They kind of step in and play a role with the socialization of children and they're getting them, you know, getting them through the holidays. So um, this, this, this gave me a place to go where it was, it was not about the church I was brought up with, but it was about community. I, I have no problem. I love community. Um, you know, and, and and still feel like I had made some kind of contribution, you know. Yeah. Giving to a cause at something beyond yourself and bigger than yourself. I agree. That is definitely very, very healing. And for me, it takes the mind off of myself. Um, and yes. I have said, I love, you know, it's to give back. Right, and to be part of a cause that's bigger than you are. That was Absolutely. one of our expressions. It was the way to get out of yourself is to get into somebody else. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's true. I mean, we are self um, self absorbed, you know. And geez, mm-hmm. we think we're the most special person in the whole world, and we're going to pay attention to ourselves all the time. <laughs> Take our temperature. 25 times a day, our emotional temperature, <laughs> you know, and so forth. But, geez, that's like, it, that's really tiring, by the way, <laughs> if nothing else. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Getting into something else, yeah. Exactly. 
exactly. Well, I also like to go to the Humane Society. So when I'm really, really feeling like I just need, you know, a total diversion, I love to go to the Humane Society. And I love to go look at all the animals that are up for adoption. Of course, I want to take them all home, and I don't. But I always love them. Or if they have, you know, a pet co or they have, you know, pets or there's a kitten co-op, I do enjoy doing that. And they also always need help, too. Um, if you're looking for a place to volunteer. That's true. Any other any other comments around just the holidays in general and, and being an adult survivor of child abuse and and navigating through through the holidays? Well, one one thing came up for me that I was able to nip in the bud, and that was the urge to make presents for people. I've done it before. I always just get totally stressed out and don't finish in time, and they don't look good, and then I feel that. And I actually had that urge again this year and started thinking about it. But luckily, <laughs> I realized that that would not be a healthy choice. Yeah, you're getting everybody the same book. That's right. Everybody's getting the same book. They can talk about it with each other, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) So, any other questions? So, why did you feel compelled in the past to make something? What was, what was... I like to crochet. It's just something that I do, and it um, gives me a real rush. You know, it gives me a big rush of joy when I sit down to crochet. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I just always just, okay, this year I'll make everyone a hat, and this year I'll make everyone a miniature Christmas tree. I've done that. And and one year I did Thanksgiving. I crocheted Thanksgiving cornucopias and vegetables. Oh my goodness! I know it's crazy. It takes so much of your time, and it's just—it's just not a good use of my time. It's just not. So I nipped that in the bud and said, "I'm not doing that." So not even for one person. <laughs> not even one. I'm well, crocheting myself in Afghan. <laughs> good for you, though, because that would stress me out as yeah. well. If I had make them all and yeah. get them all out and have a deadline. Yeah. But I do understand the I mean yeah. I do understand making when I bake when I bake to me it's like my art form of art. I mean I put love in mm-hmm. it. So when I bake for someone I'm giving them a piece of myself, you know, and I'm i I'm so a term it's an endearment really. Um so I understand that as well. So do you bake cookies and put them in tins and give them to everyone you know? Some years, I do something different every year. So I used to do cookies, and then I did fudge, and now I usually do either, um, I do a chocolate bourbon pecan pie, which is one of my um, holiday specialties. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Those are popular. Um, I also love to bake. I do apple pies. Um, I'm, I have to say, now I tried for many years. I did win the contest for the 
best pie one year, so I like to make my pies, so apple pie. Oh, um, congratulations. But I lost a lot of years. I lost a lot of years <laughs> in the one year. I, my pie could have been mistaken for soup, so <laughs> it took me a while. <laughs> but, uh, um, <laughs> um, it was really embarrassing. But And my kids were so embarrassed, and I thought, you know what? I'm not going to give up. I mean, you know, note to self, I tried a new recipe that year, and I didn't do a test run, and it was literally like soup. It was the worst, and you never try a new recipe for a contest. So, you know, I don't know what I was thinking, but um, and my kids were like, oh, my gosh, Mom, your pie is like soup. I mean, it was so bad, and they were so embarrassed, and I thought the next year, because our neighborhood had this annual, you know, apple pie baking contest, I thought, I have to show them that you just can't give up if you fail. So the next right. year, I, I, I entered two pies, and they came in, like, second and third place. I didn't win. And then the next year, um, I won. I won. And my kids were so excited, but I thought, you know, I just really wanted to teach them that you just don't, even if you're an epic failure, you just you can't give up. You just got to keep trying. So, mm-hmm. so. But then after I won, I quit entering the contest, so that was, that was very stressful. <laughs> But anyway, but yeah, baking is baking is a big to me. It's it's very therapeutic as well. So I I do it really for I like to create, and to me baking mm-hmm. is creating. So it's really it's been part of my healing, honestly. And also eating sweets, food was um, something that actually, um, and I think it was Darlene um, had discussed this. We discussed this once openly on the show. Um, I have been deprived, right? We were we were not allowed to eat. Um, food was locked under lo- under a lock, and we were, I was always hungry. I was starving. I wasn't allowed to eat. So, um, I think nurturing and allowing, you know, giving that um, of what I wasn't allowed to have, is to me very healing. When it when I can actually extend it as an offering, um, so that's another part of it. the opposite of the restriction. Um, but the other thing that actually, you know, on that note, um, you know, one of the things that I've done um, to, to change the, the storyline in the holidays is um, uh, I, I think, at least in my family, like even the adults have a little kid in, inside them. So with my husband and sons, we... I, always we always have a day where I make sugar cookies and I buy all the frosting and all the toppings and they love to decorate them and they're like little kids Aww. and they just they love to decorate them and and then we have a contest and we have all these different categories we'll have you know uh, most creative you know um prettiest um um ugliest I mean we just come up with all these categories and they just really have fun with it um so um even if it's a corny tradition I, i've tried to do these kind of things to to sort of rewrite the history of the holiday for my for, for me and then for my boys and my husband so well, i have found you know, as i got older oh go ahead Oh, no, no, I'm done. I'm done. As I've gotten older, 
as I got older, um, we had fewer and fewer family functions. Although I had, I always had a, a a family function here in my house when my mom and dad were alive because they would come and visit. They'd stay two weeks, uh, but you know they they had um, the only time they could visit their granddaughter, and she would be with me and so forth. And I really went all out, and the house was decorated to the hilt and stuff. And the the kid had a whole couch worth of little presents. And it took a long time to to uh, wrap them and everything, but she was just she was spoiled. And then um, my father passed, and um, so we didn't go back to to. But but my mother came out one or two more times to 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 hear, and one day. Um, she was here, and we'd been invited to. We have very few uh, relatives that live um, in California, but there was one that that she knew that was, you know, that that had invited us to their house for some kind of gathering around Christmas. And my mother pulled one of her. I don't think I can go. I don't feel so good. My headache. And she used to do that all the time. And. Um, she would she 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 would uh, wreck the holidays for my father, but I don't buy into it, you know. And now that he wasn't there, and I didn't have to buy into it, and it, and he wasn't there to disappoint me that he couldn't stand up to her, I did, you know. And one day um, when this ha- one time when this happened, um, I told her, you know, you can stay here, and you know how the house works and everything. I I left her in her bathrobe, and I went to the event, which took all day. And when I came back, she was here in her bathrobe. You know, <laughs> it was kind of pitiful, a little tiny thing. But I didn't buy into it. And later in, in Florida, I didn't either. Uh, and she was very uh, good at, adept at, and expected that she would be able to control situations by acting out her moods and so forth, especially with my dad. He would go along. I wouldn't buy it. And I told my sister, don't buy it. But, you know, my sister died after um, five years, maybe, of having to take care of my mother in her in her life in Florida. My mother went from Connecticut to Florida choosing Jane instead of me. Um, and then when Jane died, uh, I began to be the one that went out to see my mother all the time. I was there half the time. And there were times when I was there for the holidays and if she acted up before the holidays, I told her, you know, I'm I'm going home. Like, like I rented a little an apartment or something. Um, and you know that I'm here, and uh, we'll see when if I come back or not. You know, it'll be up to you. If you want to apologize, let me know. You know, after I tell her, and I'd leave. And it, you know, it's kind of weird because I was all, I went all the way to Florida and then did not go to her, the place that she lived, which was a very nice senior senior living home. Um, because she had um, misbehaved. And it, it, it was a consequence of that. I couldn't let her get away with that. At least that's how it felt. You know, so, I mean, I remember eating turkey dinner, which, you know, in, in, on the, sitting on the floor in the rented room by buying, uh, uh, what's the name of the cold cuts? Oscar Mayer. Oscar Mayer, you know, turkey, turkey cuts. <laughs> Yeah, that was my Thanksgiving one year. So, Hmm. but 
you know, it's, uh, it's sad that sometimes it comes down to stuff like that, but, boy, I I was tired of being treated badly and of watching, of even observing how others were being treated badly, people who couldn't stand up for themselves. I knew how to say no to her, but my dad didn't, and neither did my sister. And she just steamrolled right on over them, and I wouldn't have that. That's why she didn't come near me. She knew she wouldn't get, get away with that with me. You know, when Dad died, she went to, to my sister, and that's why she ended up in Florida. So well, that now it comes full circle. Now I understand why you were there. I never knew that. That's why I was there because um, she was alone, and after a few years. Uh, she started to exhibit Alzheimer's disease uh, symptoms and then one day she fell in her apartment, little apartment and they took her to the hospital and they never brought her back to her apartment they put her in the Alzheimer's unit next door it's a very nice place but uh, she never went back to her apartment and that's when I launched NASCA because I knew I had made a promise that I would not go public with my abuse story um, until my parents were gone. And when once she got Alzheimer's and my dad was already dead, you know, I knew it was time. And that's why I started it. Who did you make that promise to, Bill? Myself. I see. I I had told my story to them when I was in my 20s and it nearly killed them to hear it. And 30-something years later, um, they knew it, of course, but it was never brought up. It was like the elephant in the room all the time. And, you know, and I never I never get any any help or sympathy or offers to for therapy or anything, nothing. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I made this promise because I told them originally in a doctor's office, in a shrink's office. And um, I did it there because... I was afraid my father would, you know, keel over, have a heart attack. And um, we went to, to, the, to the office, and about, four, about three or four times I went through the whole story over and over and over until everything had been said. And my father did almost have a heart attack when he first heard it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we survived that, and I made a promise. I'm not going to do this to my family, you know. Yeah. So I, I made a promise to myself that I won't... I, now, that doesn't mean I didn't talk about it privately. I did, a lot. Uh, especially it was a main theme in all the AA and, you know, meetings that I went to and so forth, too. Uh, people knew that I had been abused. They knew. <laughs> I got I got that platform to talk about it. Um, but I didn't talk about it publicly um, until my mother's Alzheimer's. So... Well, you were true to your word. Yeah, I felt that was, yeah, I was trying to be fair, but not taken advantage of, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we have a caller. In my case, I didn't. You know, we have another caller, Annie. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's an Um, Ohio number. I'm sorry? We have another caller. Um, Here, I'll put it in. Okay. Yeah, I see it. Hold on. I'll open the mic. 
Here it comes. Hello. Hi there. Hi there, 513. How are you? Hi there. My, I'm well. Uh, how, how about yourself? <laughs> I saw you raised your hand, so that meant you knew what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Of course. Uh, May I ask your name? You're in Ohio, right? I, I am in Ohio. I, I moved here a couple of years ago. My name is Donovan. How are you guys tonight? Donovan, we're we're doing great. Good. There's three other people here with you, and uh, we're talking about holidays. <laughs> and how you handle? Oh, great. Well, so it's not are... too bad. I uh-huh. I'm, I get kind of bummed out around the holidays because I actually saw the name of the show and I just uh, I just kind of came across it and I just wanted to kind of reach out to you guys well are you a survivor of child abuse by any chance I yes I am a survivor of abuse um, I actually um, I lived in Pennsylvania um, at the time of uh, well it's hard for me to say especially out on the air but I'm trying to take a courageous uh, step, but I was actually abused by uh, Jerry Sandusky. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah. and with the uh, I was involved with the Second Mile, um, and uh, I want to thank you guys for what you've done and maybe talk, help us talk some of this stuff out. Of course. Yeah, you know, Mark is is one of us. Uh, he's been on the show a bunch of times. Um, but I don't know too many others of Sandusky's other victims. Mark, of course, is an adopted son of his. Uh, Sandusky was about dominance. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I, I asked if you were a survivor because that's what we were about. You know, we support each other, and most of us are survivors. Different kinds of child abuse, but child abuse, and uh, we we have many, many things that you might be interested in uh, off of our website, and this radio show is just one of them. But it's held yeah. five nights a week. You know, so... Sandusky took one, you know, he said he, he took one look at me and he just knew it. You know? Uh-huh. Well, and it's hard to talk about. Oh, don't worry about it. We're not forcing you. You don't have to talk about anything you don't want to. Sometimes but I want to take a courageous step. Well, you just have. You, you've already done because that. You take more. That's fine. But don't don't sell yourself short. You've already done that. Okay? Yep. Because Sandusky told me he was going to make me the queen, and I didn't know what a queen was. Yep. Well, we have Penelope. Well, I want to thank you all for what you're doing. us, too. Okay. Let me introduce you to yeah. Penelope and Annie. Yeah. Hi. Uh. Hi, Donovan. Hello. You know, Donovan, this is, this is Penelope, and I just want to say, I think it's so huge, and it takes so much courage to, to call into this show. And is this the first time that you've called it the NASA show? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you that I think that that is just a huge, a huge step, and I think that takes yeah. a lot of courage. For the first time I called in, I was so nervous that I just said, I only want to listen. I didn't even want my voice to come on the line. 
Um, and I think I called in two or three times and just refused to say a word. I refused to say my name. Um, and I just, so I just don't want you to underestimate, you know, the the courage of just taking that first step and calling in and, and telling us your name and just being on the show. I just want to say thank you. Um, and I, I echo Bill's um, comments. Um, I think we lost Donovan. Um, Donovan dropped. So that's he, okay. He drop, I think you know. He may still be listening, and I just wanted to know, this is a big deal that he called in. It's a big deal, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. He may not feel like he did. Maybe he feels like he didn't do enough. That's that's crap. Excuse me, my French, but, <laughs> you know, he did plenty. And just yeah. the admission of being an abused child and now an adult is it. I mean, he that's a big deal. So, Jonathan, if you're it's still it. listening, well, that's how we feel as a, as a group. I know... Annie agrees too, and of course Penelope, who just said so too. So please feel free to call in anytime tonight or some other night. It's always at the same place, Monday through Friday, and it's at uh, eight o'clock Eastern. This is on your end. So. Yep. And everybody that that that's on the show is a a NASA family member, and it has a, an experience. Um, where there is a lot of empathy and um, understanding. Um, so uh, you're met with uh, um, individuals who um, have a lot of compassion, um, and it's a safe place in which to call. Um, right. So that's that's something that I love, what that platform that NASA has created. Um, and thanks to you, Bill. Oh, yeah. So, um, absolutely. The holidays are hard. Very hard. I don't know what I'm going to do with my holiday because we have not talked about it, but I, we, we've we skipped a couple of years of putting all the decorations around the house. And, and frankly, my daughter, who lives 20 minutes away, um, if she, if she does come by, comes by for an hour or two, and that's it. And that's all I see her, like all year almost. I see her make twice a year, and uh, it's just not worth making a big fuss over. Although Christina's going to cook, of course, she's a great cook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I saw a ham get sneaked into the house. <laughs> Are you Huh? Is it a surprise? Oh, oh not well, not anymore. I saw it. <laughs> I like smoked hands, not not honey baked. I like smoked, and that's what it was. So. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I well, you know, two of us last a long time. <laughs> so she cuts it, and you know, cuts it up, and maybe three pieces, and she freezes two of them and cooks one or something like that. And um, but then we have him later in the year. <laughs> so I'm sure we'll have a good idea. Uh, I can't get her to um, tell me what she wants for for Christmas ever. This is really frustrating. Send her a book. Send her a book. Can can you send her one of your books for me? <laughs> yeah, I'll send her that book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, for me, the, the gifts that I receive over the holidays is just when I see my family, my sons, and my husband were all together. You know, that my sons are together. Um, they get along so well. Um, they know how to resolve conflict constructively, which is something that I really wanted to teach them how to do since that's something that I was not taught. So for me, right. that, that's, it's, such, it's such a gift um, to see... Um, everybody getting along um, and having, you know, being able to coexist. Not perfect, but to know how to 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 enjoy each other's company and resolve conflict in a way that's constructive, where you know we they can they can resolve or understand each other and move move forward. And to me, that's just that is just the best the best gift mm-hmm. um, and so I always tell my husband my son, I really don't need anything because I've got it that is what I've worked so hard you know um, to, to try and change you know change the pattern break the pattern um, and to have a different narrative um, so I feel like I, I don't need any gift that is the gift Um, that drives people crazy, though. I don't need anything. <laughs> no. What do you want for Christmas? Oh, I don't need anything. That's terrible. <laughs> well, they know. They know that. Uh, they know that they can get me. Basically, anything where I can do something with them. So whether it's movie tickets or, um, you know. Um, taking me to lunch, like a gift certificate to my favorite restaurant, um, anything that will create a memory. So they they do know how to buy for me. Or, you know, my husband just loves to go to Costco and just put a bunch of stuff in the cart. And that's fine, too. (laughs) (laughs) I saw some recent... uh recent Facebook pictures on your page there, and your family looks pretty happy, three boys and your husband. But it's working. Oh, thank you. Let's see her. What, I wonder what pictures those were. Um, oh, gosh. What were they? Hmm. Yes. Yes. So um, I think of what pictures were those. Well, they were. Oh, yeah. They, we were. They were here for Thanksgiving. That's right. I think my husband posted some. Maybe I posted some. We went. Um, maybe we were at lunch. I don't know. Yeah, maybe we were at lunch. Anyway, or Thanksgiving dinner. Um, so yeah, they're. Well, it was happy times, well. and there were lots of smiles. Yeah. 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 So no, we were. We were. We were happy. Well, you know, it's been a rough year. So, um, yeah. you know, my husband finished cancer treatment, and that was the happiest Thanksgiving I've ever had, you know, because sometimes just knowing that someone is still around is such a gift. Um, and I had never been mm-hmm. so happy that that we made it, <laughs> that we made it and we were all together and that he made it through his treatments and, um, you know, the prognosis and the surgery and everything, it looks like, 
I mean, we're still waiting for some test results, but um, yeah. So we were all smiles because it was it was just a huge a huge accomplishment to get to get this point. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly for him, but you know, when you're when you're as your family are in it together, um, but he's the patient. But you know, and we're all in it with him. So we were we were very happy. Like I said it's been it's been a challenging it's been a very challenging year. Yeah, it was the, the, the pictures are, you know, obvious. Makes it obvious that you're very happy as a group, everybody. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I wasn't snooping on you. I just... <laughs> oh no, no, it was all good. No, I just couldn't remember because I've been off of Facebook so much that um, I couldn't remember. I'm thinking, oh, what did I post? So I'll post on occasion. Um, I'm thinking, what did I post? What did I post? Um, and we we went to actually we were we were on the west coast last last week and then um, my son goes to LMU down in Los Angeles and they happen to have their he's in the choir and they happen to have their holiday um, concert um, on Saturday night last Saturday night because we're on the west coast we just popped down um, to LA to see the performance and so I think I posted some pictures of that as well um, and we felt really fortunate to go. Um, that they had it. I don't think they'd had that in a couple years because of COVID. Um, So it was really nice to be able to go and and see and perform, too. Although, so that's how I think, well, we were down in Angeles. It was cold. I'm like, oh, my God, and and rainy. Like, this is cold and wet. It was. And and I I thought it was pretty unusually cold there and wet there. It was. (laughs) But, of course, you were going to Seattle Snowing. I mean, it was just really cold up there. That's true. Yeah, early too for snow up there. Um, So yeah, I was very ready to get back here to Florida. I'll tell you. (laughs) Well, so I noticed risk. Mm -hmm. Oh, I noticed what? Go on. No, no. Uh, I noticed. I noticed that on Sunday, um, it, I'm sorry, Chris, uh, Christmas Day, December 20th is on a Sunday, um, and I know are we, we're still doing our group recovery meetings Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. I, I assume so. I, I will. Nobody else does because I don't like to skip groups or meetings or, or radio shows if we have to, if we don't have to, just because there's a holiday. I think those are some of the most important dates. Right, for, um, right. Uh, I think Sunday is Christmas, and that's a day we have not a show, a radio show, but we have a uh, a recovery group. Mm-hmm. And then the following Sunday would also be whatever, um, would be New Year's Day. So we'll probably do it then, too. They're always a week apart, of course. Yeah, I think it's great when those when those fall on some of the major holidays because I know I've called it on several Father's Days because Father's Day is very hard for me, and I've been really appreciative okay. to have those fall into. Yeah, oh, that's good. The, for me, that's, yeah. that's a really hard day. Right. Well, let me tell people that are out there in the audience tonight that... Um, First of all, you could call in. We still have 25 minutes or so. 
um, and and chat with us. Uh, we're not. There's no big theme except the theme of how to how to deal with the holidays, which for some people is a giant thing. Uh, but we've covered a lot of a lot of topics. But we can go back over something too. However, I do want you to know that we're sensitive to the fact that um, people in recovery and even and newcomers too um, are are very um, you know they're, they're they're tentative about how to approach the holidays and they're afraid, frankly. And I get it. Uh, we talked a lot about the different scenarios that can occur, and so we we have um, the we are of the uh, habit of continuing to do our shows even when it's a holiday day. Like if it was on a Thursday, Christmas was on a Thursday, we would do a show and so forth. Um, but Christmas this year is on Sunday, so we now have recovery group meetings that are on Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. And so because of Christmas on Sunday, we'll hold one on Sunday. That's a Zoom meeting. It's different than the radio show. But the information about that is on the front page of our NASCA website at naasca.org. And, um, you know, it's, the point is that we don't, we, we understand because we're the same as you out there, you know, and we've all gone through it. So we're just here to support each other and help each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I... I that, and that is, I think, such a testimony to NASCA, Bill, to what you built, and um, the commitment to the organization, to the work that, that, that has been done, that continues to be done. Um, whether it's a holiday or not, um, this organization is solid, and people show up, like Bill, the leadership shows up um, to continue to have these, these events and um, to support um, the members of NASCA. And, um, and so no one is ever alone. Um, and and uh, that is such a gift. Um, and NASCA has mm-hmm. been around for a long time. How many years, Bill, has NASCA been? Um, uh, I think I, I think I've started doing shows. Now, the shows I started with were as a sort of a test were actually community policing shows. And I, had, I have the community policing uh, website up since 2002. It was a, my response to 9/11, 2001. So that's a lot of years. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in there, mm-hmm. I started the, the, a radio show version of it. And it's called Community Matters, and we we've eventually done um, quite a few of those shows, 600 and something of them, and they were just once a week for a while. But it started around 2008 or, or earlier, 2007, 2008, and then I switched into, as I said, when my mom got Alzheimer's, uh, I made it uh, devoted to to child abuse. And, um, and that's probably, I think, well, actually, I told my story on episode 63. I remember that. It's a featured show on the front page of the Blog Talk Radio NASCA page. And um, it was the first time I ever told my show. I thought, I would, I thought I'd get inundated by questions, so I did a two, a two of them. Uh, back to back, and nobody called it either show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, many people have heard them since, but not then. Not that night. I was so nervous. Like you're, we're always saying how nervous we are the first time we do. Well, I was. 
Oh like I God. said, I had told I had told pieces of my story here and pieces of my story there for years, so I was used to the story. But doing it on radio was different, you know. And, oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that. I know Annie understands that too. But you know, mm-hmm. you know totally like, different. Yeah, totally different. Um, but so empowering. I just I felt I, I was changed after I came on the show and told my story in a very good way. It was very liberating. It, mm-hmm. As scary as it was. Um, yep. It was wonderful. Well, basically, I, I mean, there's no magic to it. I just, I built NASCA according to my own experience. And all the little pieces of NASCA had to do with things that I either liked about some other group or whatever, or didn't like about some other, many groups. And so I created them in a way that I thought, if I do this, it, it'll be likable. <laughs> it'll be accommodating to the, the, the uh, survivor. And that's that's it. NASCA is, you know, takes that into consideration. Always has how how a newcomer feels, how a new person feels to our group. So, yeah, it, it should be comfortable. It's supposed to be um, for, for basically anyone, and it, there's no pushing of anyone either. So, as you know, um, we invite people to say tell their story, but we don't make them tell their story. That's up to them. They never have to tell their story. You never have to speak. Right. You can just listen. Um, but anyway, yep. um, I think I think it has proven to be, uh, you know, a, a system or a, an organization that's comfortable to uh, recovering. Absolutely. So that's a, that's a lot of years, and that's a lot of shows. Thirty. 700 shows. Yeah. Wow. A lot of shows. Yeah. Yep. That's a lot of a lot of people that have received a lot of benefit, myself included. Yeah. And a lot of yeah. tools for those, a lot of opportunities to listen to other stories and to learn and to be inspired. Really phenomenal. Really phenomenal. I would... I worked really hard in the last day and a half, two days, two days, I guess, because um, I sent out a a schedule for the week, which both of you got, that showed that we didn't have a guest on Monday and we didn't have one on Friday. And, um, of course, we, we always need three what we call special guests every uh, week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So those are people that are scheduled ahead of time and where we have to procure certain information on them. Among the things we need is a kind of a bio so that we can post that bio on our website and also on our blog talk show so when the show comes along, the person will have already seen it on the website and they'll know that that show is going to come tonight. When they come to the show, um, it's also repeated you know, on the, on the show itself. So I, we were out of shows, and uh, there was nobody on Monday and nobody on Friday, so I started working on it. I think I booked seven different shows, so we we got pretty far ahead into the month. We're not finished with the month, but we're, you know, I added another couple of weeks, which is common, and now we're starting to book a show or two into in the next year. So that's you have it's a constant thing, constant. 
because you can't let it go. It's a, it's its own animal. It, you know, it just gets away from you. You know. Oh, it's a lot of work to put those shows right now. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. Yes, thank You're you, Bill. You're welcome. Well, I know that, you know, talking, speaking of shows, I know that one thing that, you know, some of the traditions that we've established and some of the ways that I just like to escape sometimes the holidays is just to to watch a movie or a show, you know, that completely allows me to just escape, you know. That's a non-triggering event, you know, non-triggering movie. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't know if you have any favorites or any ones that you watch to get to, to take a break and to have an escape, but... Um, you know, I know that uh, I, there are a couple that I gravitate towards every year that just are kind of like my brain, my brain candy, you know, my self-care um, that really serve, serve just to give me that time out that I need, you know, from reality. And I don't know if you either one of you have any favorites or go-tos that are, you know, um, ones that you watch over and over, but um, if not, I can share some of mine. Well, I, I'll just say before you... Go ahead. Annie, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I don't, I don't really watch the movies much. I don't really have a Christmas movie. However, I turn on Christmas carols on Thanksgiving Day, and I sing them all the way through the holiday, and that <laughs> makes me very happy. <laughs> but not movies, just music. <laughs> well, I, I watch a fair amount of uh, television, and it's just kind of my company, you know. Uh, but I watch, um, I watch all kinds of things. You know, I watch the some of the news channels, and I watch some of the, uh, be it uh, public service. What's it called? Public PBS. Public. Broadcast. Yeah. yeah, we get three of those, so there's there's always stuff on those, and and then there are only a few um, that aren't on um, those things, unless they're movie that I would follow at all. But I don't have a specific set of movies that I look for, you know, and um, I can watch I can watch a movie more than once certainly, but um, uh, you know I. That was that was the business I was in, you know. So I was I got really sucked into movie making. <laughs> in fact, I can tell you what movie it was that got me, and it was 2001: A Space Odyssey. Oh mm. man, that got me. Mm. I thought it was uh, majestic. I thought it was majestic, you know, and it was big, and I saw it on a big screen and in a large theater and with the orchestra you know, blaring or loud anyway. <laughs> you know, it was it's quite a quite a movie. Anyway, that convinced me that this was a, a medium that really had a huge effect and maybe I could get involved with it. I had already experimented with still photography but I was getting bored with it. And um uh so uh, and, and it took a couple of years, it took a few years, but I eventually moved over to moving pictures and, and then a video came along. So, 
Well, we, um, as a family, we have some of our go-tos that we love just if we want to laugh. So we like, obviously, Christmas vacation. <laughs> we watch that every year. Um, we that one. But we like some of the older movies as well. Like, we like um, It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World. Um, yeah. We like WhatsApp Doc. Um, that's a great one. How to succeed in business without really trying. Um, so there's just some uh-huh. of, of these go-tos um, that we, we just watch and we just love. And um, it just brings us together. It's a tradition and it just is an escape as well. Um, and they're just, they're all actually comedies where you just, you know, we like to laugh. So it's something light, you know, not real heavy. Um but uh, what's up, Doc? If you have, that's probably my favorite one. I guess that's my favorite. That's with Barbara Streisand and uh, Ryan O'Neill back in the '60s really? in San Francisco. Have you seen that one? Hilarious. Really funny. I don't think I have. Oh yeah, you should, it's it's very very funny. Um, not inappropriate at all in any way. Um, I think it's not G-rated, but it probably could be. Um, but it's just hilarious. Um, <laughs> and uh, great scenery if you like, you know, if you're a San Francisco, um, you know, this person that loves to see, has been to San Francisco, the older San Francisco, it's just really fun. Um, great scenery and just, it's just one of those belly laughs, you know, where you're just, my stomach hurts always after we watch that movie. So I would highly recommend What's Up, Doc. Super funny. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's a mad, mad, mad world. If you haven't seen that one, it's pretty much it's a money. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a race to get a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and how people will completely lose their minds in order to win money. Um, and it gets another movie from the 60s, early 60s, so very funny. Um, slapstick. I remember that. Yeah, That's really funny. funny. It's not funny. Yeah. Um, I think Ethel Merman's in it. Really funny. Um, and uh, and then, of course, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. It's really great, too. A lot of good singing. So... Um, so those are some of, you know, my self-care for the holidays, you know, tips and tricks. Um, and then I actually do, you know, a big, a big healing modality for me um, has been to do five to ten minutes of, of mindfulness or, you know, meditation, just some quiet breathing. Um, sometimes I just, you know, have some someone to guide me through it. Um, but um, to me, that's always helps me to relax and to kind of reset, um, to calm my nervous system, um, helps me to stay um, really aware um, of things going on around me and when I'm being triggered and how to manage them. I, it's, a, it's only five or ten minutes, but I feel like that investment just helps me to stay regulated. And so um, that's something that I do every morning pretty much without fail. Um, 
So those that's pretty much my right now in my in my toolkit, you know, my arsenal of things that have that work for me around this time of year. But I'm always adding. I'm always adding on. So I appreciate the additional tips from you, Bill and you, Annie. Helpful. You know, another thing that I do, and it's not just at the holidays, is every morning I write three pages stream of consciousness longhand in the large book, so they're big pages. And that helps me organize my day and organize my week. And it's like I pull everything out of the air and put it down on paper, and it feels more manageable. And so that's something that, you know, I find that really helpful. So when you say first thing, is that like you don't get out of bed until you do that, or what is first thing? I don't do it as well as some people do. I get up and make my coffee and stuff first, and then I sit down with it. Um, Some people do it before their coffee, you know, just like as soon as they wake up. Just let it flow. But I I don't have a problem with it flowing after coffee. Gotcha. Well, that's great. I know you enjoy writing. I do. and, And occasionally what I write in my morning writing ends up in the story. I have to go back and get it. (laughs) yeah I should I I do like to write I find that my brain I can't get like really into writing until after I've moved around a bit now maybe that's just what I think I need but I don't know yeah I'm kind of fuzzy when I first wake up I I don't think I could really focus to write First thing, yeah. Okay, well, I feel a little bit better then. <laughs> yeah, coffee's a good ritual for me too. Coffee helps. Yeah, he's for me. <laughs> I'm thinking of how I um, I give Christina a, a cup of coffee every morning, and I I enjoy watching her wake up with it because she's. She's one of those, she's kind of a deep sleeper and she really needs the coffee. <laughs> you can see her, you can see her face just oh, oh, coming to life. <laughs> Great. What a good husband, too, to bring yeah, her life coffee. In yeah, place. what a good husband. Yeah. She's here listening to this. She, she says, yeah. <laughs> uh. Not that she doesn't deserve it, Bill. They tell her that. Not that she doesn't oh, no, deserve she, it. She definitely deserves it. No question. Yeah. Well, you know, this has been a really great show. Um, I'm, I'm sorry that Felicia was unable to join us tonight. Um, I'm sure hopefully everything's okay. Um, but uh, what a great show. And, you know, um, wonderful discussion about navigating the holidays and some, you know, insights and input and pointers from from Bill and Annie and myself on, you know, 
being adult survivors of child abuse and some of the things that have worked for us um, to navigate um, when through what can be difficult. All these can be difficult. So I think that that was, um, appreciate you both um, being willing to talk about the, the, the subject that I brought up. And I, I hope that those who are listening found it helpful. I know that I did. Um, so I think it came together and we had a good show. So I really do want to thank you, Bill um, and Annie, for, for both being on and participating and contributing. And uh, it's, a, it's a privilege. Thank you. And for those of you who are listening tonight, um, we encourage you to visit our website, which is www.nasca, which is N-A-A-S-C-A dot O-R-G. And as Bill mentioned, um, there's a lot of information on just the very first page, the homepage of the website, including the Stop Child Abuse Now uh, show schedule for the week. Um, the recovery meetings that we mentioned during the show that are on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Those are Zoom meetings. That information can also be found on the website, as well as a contact list um, of NASCA family members who um, have published their contact information so that if you need someone to talk to um, and there's not a live show that you can call into or a recovery meeting, there are NASCA family members who are happy to take your calls, so you are never alone. Um, and all this can be found on our website. Again, that's www.naasca.org. We are a fully nonprofit uh, 501c3 organization. We appreciate your donations. Every little bit helps. Uh, there's a PayPal. Um, there's a button to donate via PayPal, um, so we appreciate that as well. So with that being said, the show is over. I wish to thank you all um, for being on and for listening. Um, and as I always say as I close the show, there are enough adult eyes and ears in this world to keep every one of our children safe. So if you see something, if you hear something, say something, do something, it's our more responsibility to do so and to keep our children safe. Thank you and good night. Love Talk Radio.